0: Fire and the Flood Part 3 of the Fiends with Benefits Series A Good Omens Potvick Written by Verdant Vulpes And read by Literarian Chapter 6 The Library Summary Aziraphale loses something irreplaceably precious, and discovers something else so downright incredible, it nearly eclipses the loss. Alexandria, 48 BC Well, fuck me, Crawley muttered as the wind whipped the flames into devilish fury. He could already hear the screaming across the water. two years earlier. Crawley had been understandably nervous to return to hell, but this particular recall was, fortunately, just to reassign him to Rome. Rome, Crawley was imperiously informed, was rumoured to be an important target for the other side, and he was meant to destabilise it by any means necessary. Crawley fairly quivered with excitement. Not only because destabilizing empires was a favorite pastime of his, but because he really enjoyed Rome. Rome, Athens, Constantinople. Any of the big cities with big thinkers. Politics had a horrible way of getting in the way of the amazing, Exciting, ingenious advancements these scholars were making. Hell and heaven both encouraged politics for that very reason, among a few less important ones. Rome was sure to be interesting. This was an assignment Crawley could really sink his teeth into. Fast forward several months. Crawley had inserted himself amongst Caesar's generals, always invited to come along on campaigns without ever being asked to actually do anything. None of the humans ever noticed this, and Crawley was really enjoying the wine. Rome was interesting. And an incredibly easy life for a demon to boot. It turned out, Rome was constantly involved in civil wars, skirmishes, dodgy alliances it meant to betray and whatnot. Crawley didn't even have to lift a finger except to jot it all down and send it along to hell as a bad job well done. He really expected to ride this wave of hellish success for much longer than two years. Caesar's adversary, Pompey, was assassinated, ruining Crawley's plan for ingratiating Caesar to a disgruntled Rome, so he suggested instead that they turn the Egyptians' own civil war to their benefit. You know, like an idiot would. The whole thing turned into a great bloody mess. Caesar had met a harbor blockade with fire, and now Crawley was morbidly watching the Egyptian fleet burn and getting more than a smidge antsy about how close those flames were getting to the city walls. That's when he noticed the faint flicker of angelic energy from the prominent and grand columns of the Great Library because obviously fell would be in the library of Alexandria. And of course Caesar's fire was getting out of control as the breeze pushed the flames closer to the city. And naturally, Crawley was going to have to take a break from further fomenting, not that he hadn't been mostly superfluous this entire time, to make sure fell wasn't too terribly put out. Because despite his infernal nature and decidedly evil makeup, something profoundly deep inside Crawley was irrevocably broken. “Well, fuck me, Crawley muttered.. <laughs> Azefel loved the library. He loved the entire Alexandrian museum, but he especially loved the library. He'd loved stories from the very beginning, and when humans started writing them down, Aziraphale found his love turning into a kind of obsession. He just couldn't get enough. The thing is that, while Aziraphale was very intelligent, he wasn't particularly imaginative. Very few angels were. Imagination among the host was widely looked on with suspicion, which is why Raphael wasn't allowed out of heaven. The rosy archangel's imagination was purely put to use problem-solving in heaven's infirmary. Azira fell, learned quickly not to exercise his imagination, dreading a similar sentence, and quashed it whenever he caught himself daydreaming. However, reading human stories seemed like a plausible loophole. He could indulge in their fantasies under the reasonable guise of researching their natures, and it had the added bonus of being true. He had learned a great deal from their writings and the way their writings changed their societies and civilizations. The way their recorded histories differed subtly or wildly from what actually transpired and from what they deemed important enough to record in the first place. And their stories made Azirafel feel things. He'd feel elated or saddened, or infuriated, depending on the story. Writing had an incredible power. And the Library of Alexandria was an important seat of that power, with between 200,000 and 700,000 books divided between the main building and its daughter branch in the Temple of Serapis. The thing Raphael loved most about the museum, though, and this was a secret he'd locked tightly away in the back of his mind, was that it was the first and only collaboration he'd had with humans and with Crawley. Since making his aura easier to sense, he'd had several run-ins with the demon over the years, many of them leading to wild conversations over too much wine. Then, in 297 BC, he and Crawley were both assigned to aid the Athenian politician, Demetrius, escape from Thebes. Both of them! The shared goal struck them both as odd, to say the least, and they made sure to savor the rare occasion. This was made even easier by the fact that Demetrius himself was highly educated in several fields of study of interest to both Crawley and Aziraphale. The voyage passed slowly, with mild weather and a calm sea, and the angel demon, and their charge, enjoyed lengthy spirited debates and copious laughter and drink. Upon landing in Alexandria, they arranged for the scholar to find refuge in the court of King Ptolemy I Soter, the pharaoh du Jure. The king was so impressed by Demetrius's knowledge and ideas that, with minimal needling from Aziraphale and Crawley, he assigned Demetrius with building the library. fell, and Crawley disagreed and debated the merits of the library, which now held volumes on rhetoric, law, epic, tragedy, comedy, lyric poetry, history, medicine, mathematics and natural science, amongst others. Aziraphale maintained that education and creative expression would help humanity advance in a more peaceful way, allowing them to better learn from their history. Crawley insisted that this knowledge could be used to cause more strife where he needed it and even suggested encouraging reason would take the humans farther away from God. These arguments fueled many a drinking session, and Hazeraphale looked back on those debates fondly. He was so engrossed in his memories of Crawley that Hazeraphale didn't immediately pick up on the flicker of familiar demonic energy coming from the direction of the harbour. He smiled when he realized Crawley was back in town. He'd have to invite him over for supper— his smile faded when he realized Crawley was moving much too quickly to be bringing anything but bad tidings. Then he heard the screams. Crawley flew above the flames, his eyes trained on the library. It was already alight. Packed as it was to the ceiling with papyrus scrolls, the place would be completely consumed in no time. He quickly did the mental arithmetic to see if he'd get away with using a demonic miracle to save it, before realizing this was likely exactly what hell wanted to happen. They didn't share Crawley's interest in the human sciences and would see the destruction of Alexandria and the subsequent embarrassment to Caesar as a win. What did it matter to hell if all this knowledge was lost? All the books on the sky that Crawley had helped write, the astrolabes, the ingenuity. Why, one of the humans had used the resources here to calculate the circumference of the earth. And he was actually close to accurate. The way this knowledge could be used, for good or for evil, depended only on one's motivation. Hell was being horribly short-sighted by letting this tool go to waste. Crawley landed before the front columns and hid his wings quickly, despite being obscured by all the smoke. He tore through the halls, hoping that Aziraphale would be able to stop this. Although that begged the question, why hadn't he done so already? And that led to another disturbing thought. What if other parts of the library had already burned? What if the angel had been trapped inside? Aziraphale wasn't immune to smoke and flame. Was he hurt? Was he unconscious? Had he been discorporated? Azirafel. Aziraphale! Crawley shouted down the halls, fighting against the current of retreating scribes and scholars. Blessed Azirapha, answer me! He pushed forward into the building as books snapped and crackled in the stacks around him. His guts twisted in panic as each call went unanswered. Was he gone? How long, how long would Crawley be alone before Aziraphale came back? Would Aziraphale come back? Crawley, I'm here! Aziraphale shouted from another chamber. Crawley blessed under his breath mid-pivot and raced in the direction of the angel's voice, throwing open the door. The blasted angel was organizing scribes to toss scrolls into sacks and crates, saving what little they could. Crawley didn't pay the humans any mind, throwing himself at Hazera fell and wrapping his skinny arms around broad, comforting shoulders. You had me scared halfway back to hell, you idiot! he hissed into the angel's neck, grounded by the sunshine scent of him. It was ludicrous and immensely humiliating, but Crawley honestly didn't know what he'd do if he'd run into the heart of these burning books and found the angel gone. Something that was still a danger. They ought to be leaving with some haste. Crawley, the books... Aziraphale cried, detangling himself from the demon's embrace. What is happening? Is this you doing? What? Crawley stared at the angel, shocked. Might I want to burn the library? There's extensive amounts of knowledge here that could profoundly impact the advancements of human understanding of their world. Aziraphale countered, looking suspicious now. Why wouldn't hell want that destroyed? What? No, I think this place is brilliant. Crawley stalled, not wanting to associate himself with this at all. This isn't supposed to happen. So cock up! Caesar burned the Egyptian fleet in the harbour and the fire spread to the city. Why aren't you stopping it? Anger flashed across the angel's sooty features before quickly being swallowed down and replaced with something akin to shame. It was clear at once that, for whatever reason, Aziraphale's hands were tied as well. Never mind, Crawley grumbled, grabbing Aziraphale's free wrist and pulling him towards the nearest exit. Let's just go while we still can. Not while there are people here who need help. Aziraphale growled, his face a mask of grim determination. Crawley knew that look. There would be no tempting the angel out of this course. Ugh, bollocks, fine, he snarled, turning towards the frightened scribes. Leave the crates. Take only what you can run with and don't stop running until you feel cool air again. Working together, they managed to save a few lives, though far fewer than Azirafel would have liked. Still, he tried, a cold press of panic giving him strength to run back into the flames over and over, even as Crawley became more and more problematic. The demon demonstrated remarkable willingness to do whatever it took to get fell out of the library even if that meant doing good and saving humans. So it struck the angel as distressingly odd that Crawley would then pivot to being bothersome, trying to block Aziraphale's path, cling to his arms and drag him from the fire. Admit this is your fault, Aziraphale raged at him finally. Crawley's yellow eyes were wide and round, glowing in the firelight. "'You didn't want me to blame you, but now you can't stand to let me help those people.' "'That's nuts!' Crawley protested, but Aziraphale had had enough. His panic was in control. The library was burning.' He shook the demon off, raising his hand with a holy light that threatened to burn the demon in a way the fire never would. Crawley fell away from him with a strangled cry. He had the audacity to look betrayed at Hazirafeld’s threat. How dare he! How could he not understand? The library was burning! Aziraphale had to do something. He would have done something had Gabriel not hamstrung his powers. Too many frivolous miracles, the archangel had said. Dash him. Forcing Aziraphale to adhere to a monthly allotment like, like some fledgling. If something comes up that requires more of your power, you can simply put in a requisition. They're making a whole department for that in preparation for the project. Well, now the library was burning down and Halsey Raphael was powerless to stop it. There certainly wasn't time to file a bloody request. He'd have to make do with his own two hands, something that had been quite a bit easier when they weren't quite so blistered. Azira fell, coughed against the black smoke stinging his lungs and trudged deeper, straining to hear voices over the din of the fire. There was nothing. Nothing but dancing, confusing light, strangling smoke, and dizzying heat. Azira fell, looked around, coughing into his arm as he tried to find his bearings. Which way had he come in from? Past, he wheezed, squeezing his eyes shut. They were blurry with tears against the smoke and heat. Against the grief. Smite me if you have to. He heard a familiar voice growl. But I'm getting you out of here and that's that. There were cool arms supporting him now, leading him through the flames, and felt tucked his face against Crawley's neck, finding a strange solace there as the demon half-dragged him along, swearing blasphemously, until the heat receded at their backs and cool air filled felt's blackened lungs. What are you even trying to accomplish? Crawley was snarling at him. fell held on to him, feeling light-headed as he gulped in lungfuls of air. He could hear the beating of wings now and wind in his hair. They were flying. He tried to open his eyes, but they felt stuck shut. He clung on tighter to the demon. Trying safe. He wheezed painfully. The arms around him tightened for a moment in something suspiciously close to a hug. Raphael felt a fresh wave of tears coming on. There's no one left to save, Angel, Crawley told him softly. Anyone still in there has already been taken by the smoke. There's no point in you burning up with them. There was a jarring moment as Crawley landed, the smooth-flying motion's sudden halt jostling Azira. fell out of his stupor. His eyes snapped open at last as Crawley sat him down on a cool stone floor. They were on an upper floor of one of the taller upper-class domiciles on the outskirts of the city. He realized this must have been where Crawley stayed when he visited Alexandria. He knew enough about the demon to assume he'd have a place here. The furnishings suited him, green marble on the tabletops and snakes embroidered into the draperies. He looked at home here, quickly bustling about in his chests, pulling out various fripperies he'd no doubt deny owning, until he found a few bottles of wine and some clay cups. Raphael watched the demon numbly, taking in the messy state of him. His dark hair was sticking on end, and his black robes were soiled with grey ash. Aziraphale noted the vibrantly embroidered flames decorating the hem and wondered if the demon regretted choosing this outfit to wear today. Crawley snapped them both clean of sweat and soot, then handed Aziraphale a cup of water, which he gulped down eagerly. Neither of them spoke, and the silence grew between them, "'filled with the distant sounds of a city on fire. felt sipped his third cup of water, "'Crawley refilled it for him whenever he drained it, "'and watched the scene from the safety of Crawley's home. "'The flames and smoke were all one could see "'through the columns of their safe haven. "'He stared at it bleakly, "'assuming that Crawley was doing the same.' After all, the demon did love the library. If he'd burned it down, he must have had no choice. Crawley must feel the loss just as profoundly. He claimed to be the architect of human knowledge, starting with good and evil, after all. And Azirafel had blamed him. He gasped. Ashamed at the memory of what he'd said to Crawley. The memory of threatening to smite the demon when he'd only been trying to stop Azirafel from getting hurt. Oh, I. The angel stammered, looking over at Crawley to find the demon watching him with a deep frown of concern. What is it, my dear? he asked. Taking Crawley's hand in his. What's troubling you? You are, you daft twit, Crawley spat, but he didn't pull his hand away. Look at you, you're covered in burns, and even after cleaning you up, your breath reeks of smoke. You could have discorporated in there. I've no idea what happened to your powers, but you'd think someone as clever as you're supposed to bloody be would know not to play silly buggers with a fucking inferno. Gabriel restricted my powers, Raphael replied weakly, unable to hide his shame. Gabriel, Crawley growled, utter a always has been, fell barked in manic laughter. Lord, he was walloped. His inappropriate mirth quickly dissolved into nausea and pain, and he groaned, gingerly holding his head. Crawley tisked at him, and a disconcerting wave of demonic energy washed over him fell, gasped in shock at the entirely unpleasant feeling, but as soon as it passed, it took the pain and ill-feeling with it. Aziraphale looked down at his palms to find them healed and free of burns. You healed me! he exclaimed stupidly. Uh, don't mention it, please, Crawley grunted. Why? Aziraphale almost asked. He'd be able to heal himself soon enough. Why bother using his own magic to save Aziraphale some discomfort? Hartley seemed very demonic. Of course, Crawley hadn't been acting terribly demonic all evening. He'd done what little he could to help. He'd tried to protect Aziraphale even after being threatened. It was almost as if... But it couldn't be that. Demons weren't capable of that. Aziraphale would know. He could sense such things, after all. He'd know by now if Crawley, a demon, could... Wait. What are you looking at me like that for? Crawley snorted defensively, and Aziraphale realized he'd been staring at the demon in dismay. He quickly looked away, blushing while he tried to focus his jumbled thoughts. He was upset enough over the library without fretting over why the demon was acting oddly. Although in hindsight... Azirafel could now see that Crawley wasn't acting strangely at all. Strangely for a demon, perhaps, but not for Crawley. And with that realization came the subsequent realization that Azirafel never sensed anything out of the ordinary with Crawley because he'd never thought to look. He kept himself buttoned up around the serpent, his guard always up, at least a little. Aziraphale watched the demon now from the corner of his eyes. Crawley looked tired as he watched the flames consume the harbour and a fair chunk of the city with it. He looked tired, but more than that, he looked so very sad. Raphael reached out with his hand and with his angelic senses and took Crawley's hand once more. And felt all of Crawley's love. That thing demons weren't supposed to be capable of feeling, Crawley seemed to feel in spades. Love for the city, love for the humans, and most of all, a terrible... Deep, aching love for Aziraphale. What? Crawley sighed in exasperation when he caught Aziraphale staring at him once more, mouth agape. What did I do now? There was no answer Aziraphale could think to say that Crawley wouldn't immediately reject. This maddening, infernal, perplexing, amazing, and beautiful creature had just turned Azirafeld's world upside down, but it was the angel's own fault for never checking. For just assuming that. How could he have got it so wrong? Crawley, you. Hate that name. Crawley grumbled dejectedly and Raphael blinked, confused by the non sequitur. Pardon? You hate the name Crawley? Aziraphale mumbled distractedly, trying to remember if he was supposed to be calling his friend something else. It's your name, isn't it? Suppose so but just so... I don't know. The demon sighed and slid down to the floor to sit beside Raphael, their backs against the cool slab table. It's the name of a demon who crawls on his belly down in the dust, he continued. I just don't feel like I'm the same demon who popped up in Eden to cause trouble. I feel older now. Older, Raphael echoed. Crawley shrugged. Different, Crawley clarified softly. The angel nodded in agreement. You're different, all right, he whispered. For one thing, I don't think there could ever have been a demon quite as... <clears throat> Crawley interrupted in annoyance, holding up a hand to cut fell off mid-sentence. Whatever stupid thing you're about to say, just don't. You've got that bloody look. Just shut it. Very well. felt smiled softly at the grumpy demon. I shan't say anything at all. <laughs> Good luck with that. Crawley rolled his lovely lemon-yellow eyes. Crawley smiled without mirth. fell not saying anything at all? That would be the day. He figured he probably shouldn't be teasing the angel. It was much too soon, the fire still raging and all. His smile faded. What a bloody waste. All that time and research, all that beautiful exploration and enlightenment, all of it just smoke blotting out the stars. His throat tightened around the loss, and his eyes prickled worryingly. He was dangerously close to crying, something he couldn't risk doing in front of the angel. So he cleared his throat, gave a quick, fortifying sniff, and readied himself to stand up and go. That was when the angel attacked him. It was his own fault, letting his guard down. Aziraphale had been holding his hand for veritable minutes now without either of them thinking of pulling away. It was a subtle shift that drew him closer to Aziraphale instead of further away, and when he moved to stand... Aziraphale leaned in and pressed his lips to Crawley's, effectively aborting any control the demon had over his own limbs. "Mm," He hummed, unwilling to break this warm contact to ask a question. Questions were dangerous anyway. He should really know better. Raphael didn't seem to notice, bringing his spare hand up to stroke Crawley's cheek. The warmth in the soft touch obliterated the last of the demon's hesitance. The kiss finally lifted, only for the angel to plant a second kiss to Crawley's mouth. This one felt firmer still, which Crawley found to be more than all right by him. HE HUMMED AGAIN, THIS TIME IN PLEASURE, AND THRILLED TO HEAR AN ANSWERING HUM FROM THE ANGEL. THEY KISSED. And each kiss led to another kiss, and each new kiss seemed deeper than the next until they were moving now lips pressing and opening and closing against one another's, seemingly all on their own, as their corporations followed some ancient dance beyond their ken. Azira fell finally pulled away almost reluctantly. And Crawley found himself leaning in, unconsciously chasing his lips. He'd been dreaming of another kiss from the angel since the Red Sea. Maybe it was something about Egypt that did this to the angel. We shouldn't, Raphael began, jolting Crawley out of his trance. Right, course, he grumbled. Why Yes, please, Azira fell side with a little groan that seemed to go directly to Crawley's effort. Right, he said again, standing on wobbly, weak legs. Azira fell stood also much smoother than the demon had managed, and leaned against the green marble desk, looking out over the city. Crawley followed his gaze. His balcony had such an impressive view of sprawling Alexandria. He would have loved to have shown it off to the angel under different circumstances. Pouring wine for him, feeding him dates, pointing out the stars and telling him the new stories the humans had made up about them. Now there was nothing to see but flames. Right, he muttered a third time, giving himself a shake. Uh, wine. Forget the wine, Raphael sniffed. I need something else. Anything, Angel, Crawley admitted, turning back to the blonde only to be instantly grasped up by strong hands and pinned against the table. Oh! He squeaked as hot lips grazed his jaw before kissing his throat. Oh! He sighed as those strong hands began to knead the muscles of his back or fist into the dark fabric of his robes. So much for we shouldn't felt's warm, wet mouth closed over his own, and Crawley felt himself grow just as greedy, willing to give the angel as much as he wanted to take, which was everything, everything, everything. He gasped as nimble fingers traced over the base of his scalp, sending electric shivers over his skin. Aziraphale took advantage of his parted lips and slipped his tongue into Crawley's mouth. The demon's eyes popped open in surprise, only to close again with a pleasured moan as that tongue toyed with Crawley's and the kiss deepened. Their hands roamed over each other boldly, learning the landscape of Aziraphale's shoulders and back, the strong muscles in his arms, the thickness of his waist. What? Crawley gasped as the angel left his mouth to suck a bruise into his bare shoulder. Oh, angel, what do you want? Tell me, please. Crawley hoped it didn't sound too much like begging, but this seemed too good to be true, and he was hopelessly hard between his legs. It was dangerous to be kissing the angel like this, and there had already been enough disaster tonight. Just kiss me, fell whispered against his fevered skin. The angel's cheeks were wet with tears. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to think. Yeah, Crawley mumbled, holding the angel tightly and inwardly chastising himself for being disappointed. Of course Aziraphale wasn't going to want to fuck a demon. He probably didn't want to fuck anyone unless it was a personification of a book or a particularly sexy loaf of bread. He'd certainly never sully himself with an irrevocably broken demon. Crawley's cheeks were wet now with his own tears, so he quickly stole Aziraphale's lips with his own once more before the angel could notice. They kissed and held each other through the night, and the next day, and into the next night. They kissed with a passion neither of them had felt before, chasing each other towards a place they couldn't afford to go. They toyed with the ghost of it, their hips pressing together testingly, but neither of them was stupid enough to be making an effort at this point, "'so the pressure was sublime and intense and innocent and not. "'They were saved from themselves by their own exhaustion. "'Even kissing became too much as Crawley helped Azira fell over to the bed. "'They lay down in each other's arms and cried quietly as the sun rose again. Crawley fell asleep before the sky was fully lit. When he woke again, the sun was well past its zenith and smoke still filled the air. Aziraphale was gone, but that was hardly surprising. What was surprising was that the angel had left a note. He snatched the scrap of papyrus up and read it eagerly. He didn't know what it was he hoped the note would say, but found himself disappointed to find it was a warning. Evidently heaven was cooking something up, and Raphael was too good an angel to tell Crawley anything about it, but also too good a friend not to warn Crawley to look after himself with four short words. Stay away from Bethlehem. Crawley frowned, idly scratching his lip. This was weird. Hell had their bloodshot eyes firmly set on Rome, believing it to be the seat of heaven's power on earth. Crawley briefly considered alerting head office, but that would betray Aziraphale, something Crawley wasn't prepared to do without a very compelling reason. Something more compelling than a vague warning about some nothing town in the so-called Holy Land. Rome was a much better candidate for a seat of power. It was already the seat of a promising empire. Crawley burned the note for safety's sake, it wouldn't do to be caught with a warning from an angel, and wrinkled his nose against yet more papyrus smoke confident in his decision. He'd stay the course in Rome. He just couldn't fathom anything of consequence happening in Bethlehem.